Hello and welcome again to Finding Truth Matters with Dr Andrew Corbett. We're very pleased to have you for tonight's program. It was always my intention that we would do 200 parts and many of us have noticed that Australia, Tasmania in particular, has faced certain issues that when we open up to that part of Jeremiah where we had scheduled and planned to speak from, it spoke right into where we were at as a people. Over the past eight and a half years, we have journeyed through the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, and there has been much for us to gain from Jeremiah's message and his relationship with God. Tonight, Dr. Corbett presents the final message in this 200-part series in which we are reminded of why the book of Jeremiah is so relevant for today, how Jeremiah is like Christ, and five important things we can learn from this incredible book. Let's join Dr. Corbett now for part 200, Jeremiah, the finale. Father, as we look at your word, we pray that what was spoken some two and a half thousand years ago would speak right into our hearts now. Give us ears to hear, give us hearts to receive and transform us. And Lord, let there be a blessing deposited into the souls of everyone today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Jeremiah, prophet to the nations. This is the part, part 200, where we're going to conclude this. We have seen, as I recap a little bit, that Jeremiah was called from a very young age to be a prophet. It says, if you've got your Bible open at Jeremiah, and we'll be looking through this, giving a bit of a survey through this, and then I'll be making comment as we go but in Jeremiah 1 verse 4 it says now the word of the Lord came to me saying in verse 5 before I formed you in the womb I knew you and before you were born I consecrated you I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations before I formed you in your mother's womb I consecrated you you are a prophet. You will speak to whom I send you, Jeremiah, and you will speak whatever I command you. Oh, Lord, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a boy. Do not say I'm only a boy. Now I have put my words into your mouth. Today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms. Do not fear them, for I am with you to deliver you. But I am only a boy. Jeremiah. So Jeremiah was given this daunting warning from God that he would face incredible opposition throughout his life. And this is going to raise a question. What does success look like? We read in verse 8 of chapter 1, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. Now why would God say that to anyone? Because they probably had reason to be afraid. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. In verse 9, Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold. Jeremiah. Look carefully, Jeremiah. What do you see? I see an almond tree. What is its season? It's ready to sprout. 
You have seen well. As this tree is in a hurry to sprout, so God is in a hurry to carry out his word. It is time for you to speak. Stand and tell them everything as I command. Who are you? It is time, Jeremiah. No. Leave me be. Just a simple man. It is time. Jeremiah prophesied during the reign of several kings. Some of them only lasted a very short time. So we'll see in a moment. I want to run through this so you get a bit of a background to where he fits in the history of the kings of Judah. You might be aware that Israel had a civil war and the ten northern tribes after Solomon died, the ten northern tribes said we don't want anything to do with the house of David, which was David, Solomon, and then Rehoboam. And so they went off and did their own thing and the two southern tribes became known as Judah. It was essentially Judah and Benjamin. And so the first of the kings that Jeremiah ministered to or during the reign of was Josiah. Josiah was the last righteous king. He was succeeded, well it says of Josiah by the way, in 2 Kings chapter 22 and verse 1, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidah, the daughter of Adiah of Bozkath. And it says in 2 Kings chapter 22 and verse 2, And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in all the way of David his father. And he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. After him came his son, Jehoiaz, who was also known as Shalom. He was the son of Josiah. He became king at the age of 23 and he only reigned three months. He was then taken prisoner by Pharaoh, Pharaoh Necho. And it says in 2 Kings chapter 23 and verse 30, and his servants carried him dead, this is speaking of Josiah, in a chariot from Megiddo, and brought him to Jerusalem and buried him in his own tomb, speaking of Josiah. And the people of the land took Jehoiaz, the son of Josiah, and anointed him and made him king in his father's place. Jehoiaz was 23 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamatal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna, verse 32. And he did what was evil in the sight of of the Lord according to all that his fathers had done and Pharaoh Necho put him in bonds at Riblah in the land of Hamath that he might not reign in Jerusalem and laid on the land a tribute of a hundred talents of silver and a hundred talents of gold so as he was deposed Pharaoh installed another son of Josiah and his name was Jehoiakim he was also known as Eliakim and Pharaoh Necho renamed him as these kings were wont to do. When they conquered another king, they would change their name to show that they had power over them. It says in verse 34 of that same chapter, And Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim, the son of Josiah, king in the place of Josiah, his father, and changed his name to Jehoiakim. But he took Jehoiaz away, and he came to Egypt, and he died there. 
2 Kings 23 verse 35, And Jehoiakim gave the silver and the gold to Pharaoh, but he taxed the land to give the money to the commander Pharaoh. He exacted silver and gold of the people of the land from everyone according to his assessment to give it to Pharaoh Necho. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zebedah, the daughter of Padiah of Rumah, and he did what was evil. In fact, you're going to hear this for all of the kings after Josiah. No one did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his fathers had done. In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up. Jehoiakim became his servant for three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him. And the Lord sent against him bands of Chaldeans, bands of Syrians, bands of Moabites, bands of Ammonites, and sent them against Judah to destroy it, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by his servants, the prophets. Surely this came upon Judah at the command of the Lord, to remove them out of his sight, for the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he had done. Manasseh, the most wicked king in Israel's history. And also for the innocent blood that he had shed. For he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood and the Lord would not pardon. Now the rest of the deeds of Jehoiakim and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Jehoiakim slept with his fathers and Jehoiachin, his son, reigned in his place. And so his son, Jehoiachin, who was very young, became the king when Jehoiakim died. Jehoiachin was also known as Kaniah or Jeconiah. He was just 18 when he became king and he reigned three months. It says in 2 Kings 24 verse 11, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to the city while his servants were besieging it. And Jehoiachin, the king of Judah, gave himself up to the king of Babylon, himself and his mother and his servants and his officials and his palace officials. The king of Babylon took him prisoner in the eighth year of his reign, the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. And he carried off all the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house and cut in pieces all the vessels of gold in the temple of the Lord, which Solomon, king of Israel, had made as the Lord had foretold. He carried away all Jerusalem and all the officials and all the mighty men of valor, 10,000 captives, and all the craftsmen and smiths, none remained except the poorest of the people of the land. And among those that were taken away was a young boy by the name of Daniel. And he carried away Jehoiachin to Babylon, the king's mother, the king's wives, his officials, and the chief men of the land. And he took him into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. And the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon the men of valor, 7,000, and the craftsmen and the metal workers, 1,000, all of them strong and fit for war. So we'll, we'll read about Jehoiachin in the closing chapter of the book of Jeremiah because he was taken away as a teenager and he was a, a permanent household prisoner of the king of Babylon. So after he was gone, his uncle, Uncle Mataniah, was appointed king by Nebuchadnezzar and these kings had the practice of changing names. So Mataniah's name was changed to Zedekiah. It says in 2 Kings 24 verse 17, And the king of Babylon made Mataniah, Jehoiachin's uncle, king in his place, and changed his name to Zedekiah. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamatal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. 
And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For because of the anger of the Lord, it came to the point in Jerusalem and Judah that he cast them out of his presence. And Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. And in the ninth month of his reign, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came with all his army against Jerusalem and laid siege to it. And he built siege works all around it. So the city was besieged till the eleventh year of the reign of Zedekiah. There will always be peace in Jerusalem and prosperity for Judah. For God has chosen us as his people. That is why we gather at this temple of the Lord. People are foolish. They are skilled in doing evil. But how to do good, they know not. Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. You will speak for me, Jeremiah.
turn, Jeremiah. They have grown fat and sleek. They know no bounds in deeds of wickedness. deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord. The temple of the Lord. Temple of the Lord. For if you truly execute justice, one with another, and if you do not oppress the alien or shed innocent blood in this place, I will let you dwell in this place, in the land I gave of old to your fathers forever. You trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense the Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known, and then come and stand before me? in this house which is called by my name and say we are delivered only to go on committing all these abominations behold i myself have seen it says the lord he has prophesied <laughs> More than any other prophet, Jeremiah called people to repent 
And if you go home and you search up that word in the book of Jeremiah, you'll only find it a couple of times. But what you'll find is him calling people to repentance in a language that was encouraging, in a language that tried to woo them. We read in chapter 25 and verse 5 saying, Turn now every one of you from his evil ways and evil deeds and dwell upon the land that the Lord has given to you and your fathers from of old forever. What do you see? An overturned pot. In what direction? From north to south. Out of the north, evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. And I will utter my judgments against all the cities of Judah for all their wickedness in forsaking me. Please, Lord, leave me be. Say to them everything that I command you. They shall fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you to deliver you. Not me, Lord. Not me. I served you in Jerusalem. Please. Now I beg you, let me go my own way. You shall not take a wife. Nor shall you have sons or daughters. What? Why? For all the children and the mothers shall die a grievous death in this land. Because their fathers have not kept my law. Lord, you cannot burden me with this! Go and proclaim it in the hearing of Jerusalem. You cannot ask me to return to Jerusalem. They will stone me! The king will have me banished! As we've been through the book of Jeremiah, we've mapped it out and it was always my intention that we would do 200 parts and many of us have noticed that as we've had it mapped out, Australia, Tasmania in particular, has faced certain issues that when we open up to that part of Jeremiah where we had scheduled and planned to speak from, it spoke right into where we were at as a people, as a culture, as a society. The book of Jeremiah speaks today. And it speaks to issues that I think are critically important. Several people have noted that the Christian church generally is struggling. People are becoming disinterested in putting God first on a Sunday. People are becoming disinterested in the disciplines of the Christian life. Missions agencies are struggling to get people to have a heart for people beyond their own borders, which I think is a disgrace in Australia. 
And so I think as we read through Jeremiah and as we see that he, he spoke to the issues of his day where those people were religious but not with a heart knowledge of God. I think that's a message for today. Therefore, I think it speaks to us in the following ways. It addresses religious irrelevance, where people do not see the relevance of God on a Sunday to the workplace on a Monday, where people would rather put things before God on a Sunday and therefore can't even have a basis for relevance for God being in the workplace on a Monday. Jeremiah had something to say about that kind of attitude and the hypocrisy and the, what we might call the formalism, where it's a, the Apostle Paul said, these people have a form of godliness, but they don't know God. They don't know his power and they don't know him. This is something Jeremiah speaks to. Jeremiah also speaks to the rampant materialism of his day, where people were putting their trust in riches and fine clothing and all these sorts of things as if those were the important things of life and Jesus had something to say about that Jesus said don't do that don't worry about whether you've got the latest Gucci or Gucky or whatever however you say it glasses or jeans with designer rips Ruby took a pair of jeans, near new jeans, put them on the kitchen table yesterday, took some scissors to them. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm making them trendy, Dad. <laughs> well, that's all right. You can do that with a pair of Kmart jeans. I don't care. But if you have to go and pay extra money for trendy, that's silly. So Jeremiah had something to say about greed and rampant materialism that I think speaks to our culture today and the oppression that comes with that. Jeremiah also had something to say about the sexual exploitation of the most vulnerable, particularly women and children. And they didn't have in his day the technology to (laughs) clinically dispose of unwanted babies the way we have today, where we can do it out of sight, out of mind, and call it reproductive health rights, which has got to be one of the most bizarre abuses of the English language I've ever heard recently. They just birthed them and threw them in a furnace the Valley of Hinnom, in an oven at a place that the potters used to glaze their pots, the place called Tophet. Jeremiah had something to say about political corruption, where the political leaders of the day would dispense justice based on who gave them the biggest bribe. And in the past eight and a half years, as we've been going through this series, we've seen corruption scandals after corruption scandals, and we were opening Jeremiah's word just at the time when These things were front page news in our paper. And this one you might struggle to see the relevance, but I showed you the kings that he ministered to. There was Josiah. Josiah died at the age of 39. That's incredibly young. Never used to be young. Now it's incredibly young. And then his son reigned for three months and he died. Then another one reigned for three months and he was deported. Then another one reigned for a short time. And and then, then another one reigned from the age of 21 and he reigned 11 years. And so Jeremiah had something to say about political instability. Do we know anything about that in this nation? (laughs) And as Jeremiah spoke into the context of a nation that, that used to once be prosperous under Solomon, they had gold as common as cement today for us. 
and now they were bankrupt as a nation, he had something to say about the connection between spirituality and devotion to God and economics, and there is a connection. And then he had something to say to the false prophets of his days, the religious charlatans, those people who said, thus says the Lord, and they didn't know God at all. People I saw on, was it a Good Morning Australia, whatever program, some, uh, you'll be pleased to know this, Greg, wasn't Presbyterian, wasn't a Pentecostal, thank God, it was an Anglican, and Bob McKay's not here, I can say that, who was an archdeacon in New South Wales who was saying, who was promoting same-sex marriage as a biblically justifiable thing, and his thing in the front sign of his church is, Jesus had two dads, get over it. I wonder what Jeremiah would have said to somebody who would take God's word and not only ignore it, but twist it beyond, twist it so bad that it would convey something exactly the opposite of God's heart. And Jeremiah had something to say and has something to say still, I believe, about how women in particular are treated by men and the issue of domestic violence and and how that spills out into the streets. That's all we have time for tonight, but you can order the full-length version of this presentation on CD, audio or premium download by going to findingtruthmatters.org and selecting Jeremiah, the finale, from our online store. As we've heard tonight, there is much we have learned and can still learn from this incredible Old Testament book of the life and message of the prophet Jeremiah. More from Dr Corbett next week. Dr. Corbett is pastor of Lagana Christian Church and president of ICI Theological College Australia. We look forward to joining you again at the same time next week for another Finding Truth Matters.